used to browse Craigslist all the time when I wanted to find something cheap, a quick and easy job, or when I was just bored. I got quite a few good interactions out of it, and I even met some new friends in a random get-together for a video game contest. Being a guy, though, a lot of the jobs I got were the dirty ones or heavy lifting. Heavy-duty cleaning, like gutters. I've had a small local pool cleaners posting job for assistance, basically grabbing supplies for them and scrubbing out tiles. Just things like that. I don't often get chosen for some of the easier jobs like babysitting or seasonal desk jobs, like helping people set up their printers or Wi-Fi. Easy stuff. As a teen, I wasn't too interested in finding a permanent job at the time, due to everything else I did outside of school. So, between these little odd jobs and trying to fix and flip electronics, that was my life. So... I was trying again for a babysitting job. The week prior, I was helping my dad basically gut an old commercial building, and my hands were still sore, so I wanted to kick it back a little. I answered a few of them, including one that was the next state over. I lived pretty much on the state borderline, hoping I would have better luck because that city was barren, and I could imagine there weren't many people asking. Now, the wording was a little weird, though, but I thought maybe the person had just never posted something like this before, or were really proud of their kid. The title said something like, Babysitter Needed Immediately, Possibly Permanent. They then mentioned that there would be an in-person screening and, if they liked us, it may become a regular or permanent position. Then... They went on to explain when they needed someone, and then described in detail what their daughter looked like that I would be watching. But it wasn't just, 8-year-old girl, long brown hair, likes to play with dolls and watch cartoons. No, no. It was, Sally is an adorable 8-year-old girl with dark brown to hazel eyes and tight, curly brown hair that sits right above her shoulders. She loves short, fluffy dresses and showing off her wardrobe. She will want to play house or hide-and-seek with you. Can send a picture for proof. Maybe some people out there want to know a little about the kid beforehand, but I thought it was a bit too much information. Nor did I feel the need to see her first. Otherwise, it was weird, but I still applied. They responded sometime that same day and asked if I was male or female. I was a little upset at this point, thinking they were going to turn me down, but, to my surprise, they wanted me to come out the next week. So, I headed over, and it took me about half an hour to get there. There was a man that answered the door that I assumed was the father. The house looked normal to me. Living room with a couch and TV, kitchen looked fine. It was clean and kept up, and then the dad started going on about the rules. He said if she was hungry, she had a designated cabinet she could choose to eat from. All of her toys and clothes were to stay in her room, and I was welcome to go in and play with her too, but 
I had to make sure to thoroughly clean up any messes. Okay, weird, I thought. Maybe they were just a neat freak. Then he said he would be home at exactly 11pm, and that she had to be showered and in bed by then. And he left. It was a weird interaction, but I decided to move on. And that's when I noticed I hadn't even seen the girl yet. So I started walking down the hall and saw a pink door with a sign with her name on it. I knocked on the door, and sure enough, a little girl answered it. For her privacy, I'm calling her Sally. Sally looked exactly like the description, down to the eyes and dress. Her whole room was covered in pink. She had a shelf full of dolls and stuffed animals, a closet full of dresses and costumes. She asked me if I was her babysitter today, and I confirmed. I told her my name and asked her for hers. She seemed shy at first, but as I started asking her what she wanted to do, she seemed to loosen up more. I asked her what she wanted to do, and she seemed confused that I asked, and then shyly mentioned that we could play house. I asked her if that's what she wanted to do, and she again quietly said no. So I just asked her again, and said that we could do whatever she wanted, and I didn't even have to play if it would be weird. I was fine just watching TV for the night, to be honest. She looked confused when I said that, though, and asked if it was okay to have dinner then. Easy enough. So, I agreed and we went to the kitchen together. I started asking her what she wanted, to which she opened a cabinet and pulled out a can of raviolis. That's when I noticed that, in the cabinet, were tons of cans of that kind of stuff. And also, ramen, chips, granola bars, just things like that. At first, I thought that was kind of cool. I was the oldest of three kids, so having our own cabinet and food and snacks would have been awesome. But then she started talking about how the fridge is daddy's food only. So, what, she's just not allowed any other food? She confirmed this by saying that she gets in trouble if she ever tries to take any. This whole experience had just been weird and way off. The way the dad talked about her and the way she was acting and being treated, it just didn't make me feel good about it. I tried asking if she's had any other babysitters before, and that's when she started going quiet and being shy again. So, I let her finish eating and washed her bowl and spoon, and then I asked her what she wanted to do now. That's when she led me back to her room, and asked me if I wanted her to change into a different dress. I was confused, and I asked her if she wanted to, or if she got something on it, and again, she just looked at me funny. And that's kind of when things started to click. Thinking back at the description, what the dad explained... Her reaction, I realized what I was in the middle of. My fears were confirmed when I asked her about playing house, and she mentioned us being mom and dad. I quickly told her I wasn't there for that. I was there to protect her, and for the rest of the night, I sat in the corner of the room freaking out internally, and just watching her play with her dolls and telling me about them. When Eleven came around, I had her shower still and go to bed and to not throw anything off, 
and I waited in the living room for him to get home. He asked how she did, and if she gave me a hard time, and I said she was perfect, trying to get out as quickly as possible. He laughed, and said he thought that I looked pretty young, but was happy that everything was fine. I shook his hand and left as quickly as I could, and when I got to my car, that's when it solidified, when I realized he didn't even pay me. When I got home, I hardly slept, and then went to a police station with my mom to explain everything that had happened. I told her everything because I didn't know what to do. They, of course, asked for any kind of proof, so I went home and tried to find the posting, or a new one to ask the guy if he needed another babysitter. To my surprise, he actually responded. He said he could use a babysitter in a few days, and I tried to be sly in asking for things that were allowed, and again he took the bait. He wanted to text me, though, instead of through emails, and he confirmed more while still trying to be secretive about it. I gave the police everything that I had, and they said they would look into it further. I checked the local news and reports hoping they would move on this quickly before the girl could be put in that situation again, but I never found anything. I can only hope they caught this guy because I stopped seeing posts from him after that. Thankfully, this was the worst and weirdest posting I ever responded to, but it definitely made me more aware and cautious of meeting strangers, no matter what the case may be. I don't know if this really belongs in this subreddit, but here goes. I have a pretty great memory of my childhood, especially of the things that had a lot of impact on me. Since I was a child, four to five years old, I've had sleep paralysis, but I can recall when it started. Once I had this dream, and for the first time I was very aware that I was dreaming. And so the first thing I remember trying to do was flying, and I did it, but just for a little while. After that, for some reason, I thought I wanted to see how I looked in my dreams, and I started looking at my hands. And then I created a mirror so I could have a proper look, but then when looking at myself in the mirror, everything turned to black, and I started listening to a deep voice. I didn't recognize the voice, nor do I remember exactly what it said at the time, but I know it left me really scared, to the point where I just curled up on that void and started screaming that I wanted to wake up. And finally, I did. I woke up, but I couldn't scream and I was gasping for air, and there was still something black around me. I knew I was awake because I felt the air, but I couldn't move, and I screamed for my mom, but no sound came out. I had never felt this scared before. After that, for days, I wouldn't look at mirrors without starting to scream for my life. My mom tells me that I begged her to get rid of all the mirrors in our house, which she did not, so... She had to go with me to the bathroom, and I stopped entering my parents' room if I was alone. 
after some weeks, or maybe a month or two, I don't remember exactly, but some time had passed, although not a lot, I once again had one of those dreams where I was aware that I was dreaming. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I know that at some point I looked at my hands and suddenly everything went dark again. And there was the voice. It was again deep and scary, and I forced myself to wake up, and again I couldn't scream or move or do anything. I don't remember how many times I had dreams like that. The void would always embrace me, and the voice would be there talking to me. And after that, I would wake up trying to breathe and scream and run away. And I couldn't. I started avoiding mirrors altogether or looking at myself. At the age of six, I started biting and hurting myself every time I looked at my body. And then I made it stop. One night, I had that voice and darkness appear in my dreams again. And instead of crying... I screamed at the voice to leave me alone, to disappear. I screamed so much that I woke up screaming, and after that, I never had the same dream again. My mom remembers that night, and she says that afterwards I had a headache, and I said that I was seeing many colors, and that it made my head and eyes hurt. I still had episodes of sleep paralysis after that, until my adult life. I still currently get them, actually, but less regularly. I still had difficulties looking at myself in the mirror or looking at my own body, although I gradually got better. But that voice never appeared in my dreams again. I still wonder what that voice was saying to me that left me so scared, and I still wonder why it stopped after I screamed at it. I just heard about this subreddit from Matthew Santoro, and it reminded me of a story from when I was a toddler. I'd almost forgotten it until now, and I thought it would be nice to share it here. My parents used to bring this story to the table whenever people talked about the supernatural at family reunions. This happened very often due to many people in the family claiming to have had an encounter with paranormal beings, or sightings of extraterrestrial presence. My mom says that she never believed in anything of that nature, which is why to this day, she still gets the chills when telling the story of when I was a toddler and talked about him. The first instance my parents recall this was one night when they were sleeping in their bedroom. I must have been like one and a half years old since I was in my nursery room due to my mom being pregnant with my sister. They heard a rat-like chewing noise in the living room and quickly got up to check it out. When they turned the lights on, they saw me sitting by the cupboard with the box of cookies between my legs and a cookie in my hand. They were surprised that, at my age, I didn't mind being in the middle of a dark room at night. And they say they remember asking me questions 
in the same way you do to young children where you make a baby voice to be cute and don't really expect an answer. Until at one point my dad asked if I was being brave because I knew my guardian angel was looking over me. To which I replied, he. This caught them off guard, so they tried to ask me who he was, but I just repeated, he, without giving any sign as to who I was talking about. According to my mom, since there was nobody else in the house, they both assumed I was talking about an imaginary friend, and they just let it go. The second instance, which is when my mom started to get really creeped out, was weeks after this incident. They realized they had to keep cookies, candies, etc. in the upper cabinet and out of my reach. Now, I've loved cookies since forever, but I never threw a tantrum for not getting them, even when they were in sight. My parents say that they were happy I wasn't one of those kids. At least until they found out why. This occasion was in broad daylight. My dad was at work, so it was my mom who experienced this. She was busy doing house chores, but would come into the living room every now and then to check on me while I was playing. She says that from the other room, she would hear me babble, as if I were talking to someone, but that when she went into the living room, I would go silent. She assumed I was just babbling nonsense, so she'd go back to do laundry or wash dishes and whatnot, knowing that as long as she could hear me, I wasn't up to something. This was until one time I stopped talking while she was gone, and she says that for a moment... She didn't realize I was quiet, and by the time she did and came to check on me, I already had a cookie in my hands. She remembers searching around the room to see if I could have somehow made a ladder of drawers or picked up a leftover cookie from somewhere, but everything in the room was clean and orderly. She still doesn't know how I could have possibly gotten the cookie, if not by some paranormal activity. Eventually, she asked me how I got the cookie, and all I said was, he. This strange situation of me getting cookies out of nowhere happened a few other times in the next couple of weeks. But now, other people were home. In essence, my grandparents, uncles, cousins, etc. Which, to me, added credibility to my parents' story since those relatives actually confirm that no one ever gave me cookies, because my parents had told them not to, and they could have sworn they never saw me go anywhere near the cupboard to get them myself, or else they would have tried to have stopped me. My dad says he even started to believe I was hiding a few cookies somewhere I could reach so that I wouldn't have to wait for them to give me one but now says that he doesn't truly believe I could have plotted that at such an age. Either way, they found the whole thing creepy, and my dad decided to stop buying cookies altogether, which seemed to work for a time. The next, and allegedly also the last time it happened, 
was weeks before my sister was born. At least three months after the first incident. This is also the creepiest event for my mom. She says she was just relaxing on the couch watching TV while I played on the ground with a toy that I got for Christmas. Until eventually I said, hungry. She used to have a schedule for when I was supposed to eat, so she told me I had to wait, and vividly remembers that I scowled, turned around angrily, babbled something, and then she heard someone whisper, Cookie. I swear I see her shudder every time she says this part, so I can tell she really believes that she heard it. Now, as I said before, she's not a superstitious woman, and still says that she's unconvinced about the paranormal, but she says at the time she just wanted to be safe, so she told my dad to buy cookies again. They say that after this, it never happened again. They never found me with a cookie that they didn't give me themselves, and I never mentioned him again. But they both still find it creepy, and cannot explain what happened during that time. My dad says that since whoever he was never did anything malicious to me or to them, maybe it was a guardian angel of sorts. Or at least he prefers to believe that over any other alternatives. I used to sell a lot of stuff on Craigslist. It was really the only place to go to sell stuff at the time, other than things like yard sales. I suppose after some time I got too comfortable with it, and I let my guard down some as well. To back it up just a little bit, I'm a female, weighing about 180 pounds, and I was about 5'5 at the time, so not small, but not out of shape. And I'd like to think that I could handle myself if I was in danger. I guess that adds to me letting my guard down, though. When I do sell stuff, I always do it in a public place. Typically in a store, like a coffee shop or bank's parking lot, because there's typically a lot of security there. Or really anywhere with a large group of people nearby. Now, my ex had been living with me for a good part of a year before we split up. I told him he had a week to get all of his crap out while I was on vacation. I had a guy friend that was going to be going over there to feed my cat while I was gone, so I was confident he wouldn't do anything stupid or take any of my stuff. It wasn't an easy breakup. He cheated on me, and we tried to make it work afterwards, but it wasn't the same, so... He wasn't disrespectful or anything, thankfully, but I guess you just never really know a person. Obviously, right? After I got back, I noticed that there were still some random things he left there, like his toothbrush, some of his clothes that he left in the dryer, and his crappy old Xbox that didn't work anymore. 
He kept saying he was going to fix it, even though he didn't know squat about electronics. Conveniently, though, he took all the games and controllers for it, and literally just left the unit and the giant power cable. So, I text him asking if he wanted the stuff that he'd left, giving him one last chance to get it. He didn't respond. So, I tried two more times and I got an unpleasant response from his new girl, as she claimed and decided then it was my stuff to do as I wanted with. So, I thought I would try to get a little bit of money out of it. He had a couple sports jerseys he left, a nice pair of shoes that went pretty fast, and then that Xbox. I did specify that it was only the console itself, and that it didn't work, so people didn't think I was getting away with some scam. I thought maybe someone out there could actually fix it, or just use it for the parts. I didn't know a thing about the stuff either, so I just listed it for 50 bucks. It didn't take long for me to get responses for it. Some people, of course, tried to get me to give it to them for free since it didn't work. Others were more concerned about finding out if I was female and asking personal things about me. I did have one guy that didn't come off as weird and seemed pretty straightforward with his questions. He asked if I knew what was wrong with it, why I wanted to sell it instead of fixing it, just things like that. He even asked me to try to do something with it and tell him what lights came on, so I obliged. After all of this, he then asked me where we could meet up, what day and what time. We were going to meet up at a park next to this church that was about 20 minutes from my home, but pretty close to my work. The next day, I texted the guy to confirm he was still interested, and he confirmed. I then headed to the park, found a bench, and sat on it with the console and a bag next to me, waiting for the guy to show up. While I'm watching a couple of kids playing on the swings, I see a guy pull up, get out with no kids or dogs with him, and come look around the park like he was looking for something. I asked if he was Scott, and he smiled and confirmed that he was. I then told him who I was, and motioned to the bag. He was in, like, a mechanic's jumpsuit, and trying to wipe his hands off to shake mine. I wasn't bothered by it, and I mentioned that as well. I pulled out the console and explained that it was just that, and the power cable, and he reached into his wallet and pulled out cash. He started sorting out the bills and waved a 20 at me, asking if I had change. I will say one thing about cash sales like this. If you agree on a price with someone, make sure you bring the right amount and have the ability to break it yourself, because so many times I've had people do this to me, hoping I would just take the lesser amount and that they would get a discount. And honestly, it's quite rude in my opinion. I will take my item back home and try with someone else instead of getting ripped off. Anyways, I told him I didn't and he gave me 60 instead, saying it was his fault after all. After asking several times if he was sure, he confirmed and I said thank you and started putting it in my pocket. 
and that's when things started getting weird. They asked me if I was here alone, and I confirmed this, but as I was trying to make a comment about being in a public place, he chuckled a bit and shook his head. I got a little annoyed by this and just kind of stared at him. He said I should be careful meeting up with strangers because you never know what their intentions are, and said since I was so pretty, I could easily be targeted. I made some kind of comment about how he just completely flipped this experience, and that I can take care of myself. I started to get up to leave when he grabbed me by my wrist and said, See, I could already have you subdued and in my car. He had such an evil smile on his face, and right before I was going to shake my arm free, he let go of me. I called him a name, loudly enough that a few parents turned around and looked at us, and I left. I watched in my mirror as he slowly got up from the bench and waved at me, smiling. Why the hell would you say something like that? It's not helpful, and I don't see how anyone would have found it to be. Thankfully, I never saw him again, but it didn't stop him from texting me a few times, asking if I wanted to meet up for some coffee or lunch. I politely told him to shove off in the nicest way and blocked his number. So I guess that's just to say, be careful out there who you do business with. Not everyone has the best intentions in mind. Back while I was in college, I always tried to find odd-end jobs to make some extra money to spend. My parents paid for my dorm and basically gave me a small allowance for food and supplies that I needed, but anything extra that I wanted or needed, I had to work for it myself. The college was my parents' choice anyway, so I guess I was lucky not to have to worry about it, but it still wouldn't have been my first choice. Anyways, I would browse Craigslist for jobs like cleaning, baby-slash-pet-slash-house-sitting, running errands, and just things like that. I tended to be successful with my inquiries as well. As wrong as it may sound, I was a younger female in a local college, just trying to earn some extra money, so... They tended to trust me quicker than other applicants, I suppose. So, I found one listed on housekeeping, basically. The description said they just needed someone to come and tidy up. Wipe down the cabinets, tables, drawers, dust, mop, and vacuum, things like that. Usually the homes I did this at, the people either left when I was there or in a separate room, like an office, or I've had elderly people who couldn't get around and do these types of things anymore. The description also said the person responding had to be female, in a certain age range, which was in my age range, like college student ranges. I know it may sound stupid now, but like I said... I saw that and again thought they just wanted someone local that was possibly in school. 
something like that. Nothing really creepy about it. So I responded to it. I got a response pretty quickly asking when I could start, and I suggested over the weekend since I was in school. They agreed, and actually said if they liked my work, they wanted to talk about a recurring job, doing this once or twice a week. Again, I thought this was going to be great as it was going to be steady income. They were going to pay me about $200 for four hours that Saturday, and then we were talking about a weekly gig for around the same amount, for four to eight hours, so... Again, I was ready and excited to make some easy money. I was not thinking of any negative consequences other than maybe the house was really messy. But that's what I'm getting myself into. Otherwise, I wouldn't have applied. So, Saturday came, I got the address and headed out to the location. It was a fairly small house. Like, one story. It may be a basement, but there couldn't be more than two rooms and a bathroom. So even if it was a wreck, at least there shouldn't be too much to do. From the outside, though, the house looked pristine. It had a really pretty foggy glass on the door and teal curtains in the window. But when he answered the door, the first thing I noticed was the smell. It was awful. It smelled like a bunch of spoiled food was just thrown at me. I knew I had to have made a face when he answered, but it was hard enough choking back the gag. The man, on the other hand, it looked completely different. His hair looked clean and greased back. He had on slacks and a wrinkled button-up shirt, but it was open and he didn't have anything underneath it. He just stared at me until I greeted him and told him why I was there, to which he looked me up and down a few times, smiled, and then welcomed me in. Holy hell, that place looked awful. If you've seen hoarders, that's pretty much what I stepped into. There were trash bags everywhere with God knows what in them, to-go food containers strewn across the floor, the couch, the bookshelf some with food still in them, some empty. I'm sure that's partially what I smelled, too. You could see the roaches immediately scatter when you moved anything. I'm taking all this in, and he just looks absolutely fine with this situation, like it's a normal cleaning job. Then, as he continues to talk about what he expects out of me, he does not take his eyes off of me, and I'm not talking eye contact. He said he wanted to start by taking out some unwanted things and then reorganizing. To me, it all looked like garbage. I could barely make out a couch. All this and every time he would address me, it would be, baby. Does that make sense, baby? Can you handle that, baby? Again, I just smiled and nodded. Now, to add to the unsettling house and the creepy vibes that I'm now getting from this guy, he then said, I'm sure after all this work, you'll probably be tired and sweaty, so you're free to use my bathroom and anything in it, baby. I won't bother you while you're in there. It's the least I can do. Yeah. 
No. I told him thank you, and being a little weirded out, I asked if I could go ahead and get started. To which he handed me a box of trash bags and said, You go for it, baby. I tried to press on for the time being, thinking I'm not going to be able to do this on my own in one day, so I'll fill a few trash bags, get my money, and just never return. However, instead of ignoring me or leaving the room or anything other people have done, he sat on the couch, facing me, watching me, and just staring every time I bent over to pick something up. Now, I know that I'm bound to get dirty at these, so I'd worn some old leggings and a loose t-shirt. Nothing exactly flattering, but I guess he liked something. I, on the other hand, was not comfortable with the looks that I was getting and really started to feel uncomfortable. I asked if I could use the restroom before I went further, and he seemed happy to show me to the bathroom. I walked in, closing the door behind me and just stood there for a second, trying to think of a reason to just leave without possibly upsetting him, not knowing what he could potentially try to do. That's when I noticed how different the bathroom was compared to the rest of the house. It was damn near spotless. The shower seemed to have rust stains in it, but the tub was white and clean, the counter and floor was completely clean, and even the toilet was clean. Why was the bathroom kept up with? Then I saw the small plastic three-drawer container sitting next to the sink. I noticed it because of the small piece of cardboard laying on top of it that said free to use. Like these were free toiletries, I guess? Curious, since the rest of the house was a disaster, I wanted to see what he kept in there. The first drawer had random soaps in it, and when I say random, I mean it. There was a half-used Dove bar, a small travel-sized bottle of shampoo, half-empty, and even hand sanitizer, I think. The next drawer had random cloth in it, I think they were supposed to be hand towels maybe, but I didn't even want to touch them. Then, there was the bottom drawer. No toiletries, towels, or anything useful for a shower. They were just adult toys. And that's when my uncomfortable level peaked, and I was ready to bounce. So I slowly closed the last drawer, flushed the toilet, and walked out ready to say that I had to leave when I saw him immediately standing at the door waiting for me to open it. That's when he holds up a maid dress and says, This is for you, so you can be more, uh, comfortable while cleaning, baby. And winks at me. I first told him that I was okay with what I had on, and he became slightly agitated, saying he insisted and in that it was part of the job requirement. So... Thinking fast, I looked at it, told him it was too small and that it wouldn't fit me, and then before I could say anything else, he started walking off yelling that he has other sizes and that he would get the right one. As he started rambling on about where he got them and asked for my size, I gave him one that doesn't really exist in women's clothing, 
I think I said something like 34 large, I think. And he said to give him a moment. When I noticed he was now in the back room, out of sight, I darted for the door, noticing he had locked it behind me, and I quickly left. I got in my car, locked all my doors, and I sat there for a second, gathering my thoughts, when I noticed he was staring at me confused from the window. So, I left. He tried messaging me about it, asking why I left, and that I wasn't going to get paid for the work I did if I didn't come back, to which I told him that, due to the amount of work that I would have to do, the pay would have to be tripled. I knew there was no way he would agree to it, so that's why I went with that. To which, as expected, he replied by saying that that was an outrage that I charged too much and I wasn't even attractive. Oh well, too bad for me, I guess. I don't take jobs from Craigslist anymore, as I do have an actual job, but I did screen them way better after that one. Since being very young, my brother Jamie would often do or say strange things. There are many instances, but these are the ones that I remember most clearly. He was, and remains, a very thoughtful and intelligent child, often deep in thought. I first noticed that you could be cooing and playing with him, and suddenly he would cloud over with a deadpan expression, and it could take minutes to get his attention again. As he started stringing sentences together, he sat down with my mom and told her, Do you remember before, mommy? She said, Before when? To which he replied, Just before, when I had a different mommy. My mom simply told him that she was his only mommy, and... He didn't say anything anymore. He then spoke to me, and told me that he remembered when I came out of Mummy's tummy. I told him that he couldn't remember that because he wasn't born yet. He got pretty irate with me, and said, No, not when I was born this time. Before. I asked him what he meant, and he said, Before. And when I wasn't your brother, when I was mommy's brother a long time ago. This left me pretty shook, as in 2004, over a decade before my brother was born, my uncle, my mom's brother, who was also named Jamie, passed away. Due to the suddenness and trauma caused by his death, it's an extremely sore subject, and it's rarely ever discussed, so there was absolutely no way he could have known about him. Then, one day on the way home from the park, around three years old, Jamie asked me, You know when you die? I was taken aback, but I said, Do you mean what happens after? He said, I've been thinking about it, because I think it's really dark forever, and you can't see anything. I explained to him in a child-friendly way the different beliefs that people have, such as heaven and hell, 
nothing, ghosts, reincarnation. And when I told him about reincarnation, he nodded and said, Yes, it sounds nice, but it takes so long. When I died last time, I had to stay the same for ages before I was a baby again. Honestly, I was super spooked. Jamie is six now, and still he will speak about things that he really shouldn't understand but does. People often remark how knowledgeable he is about the world around him. Maybe that's just the way he is. Or maybe it's because he's seen it all before. I suppose I'll never know. But all the comments that he's made, and even in his mannerisms and behavior, we all have thought that perhaps Jamie is Uncle Jamie. A few years back, when my son was four and my daughter was two, my son went through a phase where he would claim his great-great-grandfather would come to visit him. Not wanting to encourage or feed into it, because it sort of creeped me out, I'd usually just listen and say okay, and then brush it off. Finally, one day... I asked a few questions. I asked my son what his name was, and he told me, he doesn't want you to know his name. Okay. So I asked what he looks like, and I get a... He's tall, almost to the ceiling, because he floats, and he talks, but not with his mouth. That night, we're all three in the living room, and he brings him up again. Almost exasperated, trying not to be freaked the hell out, I asked, Okay, well, where is he now? Both kids simultaneously focus on one point on the ceiling way across the room, and then proceed to follow it with their eyes until they finally land right next to me on the couch. And my son tells me, He's right next to you, Mommy. Fast forward about six months, and we're eating dinner, just the three of us, and my back is to our open laundry room door. My daughter is sitting across from me eating, but she keeps looking over my shoulder, so I ask her what she's looking at. She tells me, there's a man in there. I turn, look, and then say, baby, there's no one in there, it's okay, just eat your food. She says okay, goes back to eating, looks back up, covers her eyes, and then peeks through them and tells me, but I see him. Great-great-grandfather stopped coming around shortly after, and neither kid has any recollection of it now. I wish I could say the same. When I was younger, sometime in elementary school, we had moved into a new house from our previous trailer. I was a scaredy cat as a kid, and I have memories of being scared and having nightmares in the trailer, but nothing like what I experienced in the new house. Within the first month of living in the house, 
I'd started to see what I can only describe as a shadow figure with a fedora. I never gave him a name or even gave him too much thought throughout the day, mostly because I was scared of him. He lived in my closet, and he gave me terrible night terrors, all with him as the centerpiece. Eventually, my parents got tired of rushing into my room in the middle of the night to calm me down, so they just let me sleep with them in their room. I don't remember any instances of him trying to harm me in waking life. All I can remember are the night terrors that he gave me. There's one in particular that I still remember in vivid detail today. To understand the dream, here's a little context. I live in Texas, and my grandmother's house at the time had woods next to it with very big trees. I remember being creeped out by this one particular tree because it looked a little like a silhouette of a man hushing with his finger. That's the context. And now to the dream. In this dream, I was standing on my grandmother's porch. There's a very dim porch light as my only light source, and I can barely see into the yard. What I do see is the tree right in the front yard, instead of in the woods where it was usually. Under the tree, I saw the silhouette of the man that lived in my closet. I couldn't see his face as the tree shade engulfed him in shadows. I do, however, notice him lean forward and do the same hushing motion with his fingers, telling me to shh. After that, the wind started to pick up and he faded away like a mist. The leaves in the tree began to shake violently from the wind, and eventually the leaves turned into bats and then flew away, leaving the tree looking dead. Eighteen years old, and these dreams still come to me in flashes sometimes. They genuinely send chills down my spine just thinking about some of these dreams. I still have some of these nightmares to this day, but none necessarily scare me as much as those I had as a kid. The dreams that bother me nowadays are more disturbing or gruesome than creepy. And to this day, I don't know whether I just had an overactive imagination as a kid, or if something was really following me and giving me these night terrors. My grandparents bought a house that was once owned by a creepy, evil old guy in, like, the 70s. Now, my mom's side is very superstitious. When they moved in, strange things would happen. Once, when the family was watching TV in the living room, my uncle told my grandfather that a man was watching them. But when my grandpa went to look... Nobody was there. Strange things like that continued to happen, and here are a few that happened to me. Flash forward to when my sister and I were born in the 80s. My mom told me that every night, at the same time, I would wake up and just start singing to somebody. 
keep in mind that I was a toddler at that time. I'd gotten to the point where every night my mom would wake up and tell the person that I needed to sleep and to please leave me alone. We soon moved away, but every summer my sister and I were shipped to my grandparents' house. In one instance, we were sleeping in my grandma's bed when my sister woke me up. Sissy, there's a man in the rocking chair. No, there's not, I told her. But when I looked, sure enough, there was a man in the rocking chair, staring at my sister and me. He put his fingers over his lips and just said, Shh. We stayed under the covers that night. Throughout the years, small instances would happen. The man would return, but he would bring a friend. Dark shadows would hover over my grandmother when she slept. I saw a figure walk across the doorway when everyone was asleep. My dog would chase random things, and the air in the den would be very heavy. To this day, I refuse to be alone in that house. As a child, I frequently suffered from awful nightmares. I would dream almost nightly of a young person being hurt, murdered, or just straight up dying in some way. It led to my mother keeping her door unlocked at night, so I could crawl into bed with her instead of waking her up. It would drive me to hysterics. It was the same girl every night. I could only make out that she was young, blonde, and always the same every single time. She felt really familiar, but I figured it was because she was the same girl in all of my nightmares. At one point, they stopped. It was a few weeks after this that my cousin stayed the night, as my aunt was going out of town. She had a lot of medical issues, but they were managed by medication. That same night, I had another nightmare, a repeat of what had already happened. I woke up to my cousin sitting in the corner of the room, soaked and crying and begging for me to go get my mother. I later realized that this was sleep paralysis. As I went to go wake up my mom, I found my actual cousin on the living room floor having a violent seizure. If I hadn't woken up that night, she would have died. She had fallen on our hardwood and had a head injury from the banging. It was fixable, but it wouldn't have been if I hadn't caught her then. I was in the hospital, and I noticed that my cousin looked similar to the girl that I always dreamed about. I can't pinpoint if it was really her in my dreams... The dreams were always very blurry, but I didn't have one again. Personally, I believe some angel or ghost gave me a premonition that saved her life. My four-year-old son started to talk about an imaginary friend named Bobo, when he was about three and a half. 
he would say things about what Bobo tells him or where he saw Bobo playing. So I asked him what Bobo looked like, and he said, just like me, but with black hair. My son is a blonde. Bobo started to become a more frequent topic. He would say things like, Bobo is at the door, let him in. To which my husband would open the door and say, Oh, come in, Bobo. Ha ha, and we would all laugh. Recently, about two months ago, my son told me that Bobo now looks different. He has alligator teeth and skin. He keeps talking about the things that Bobo does, and he'll say, Bobo is at the door. Then, one day, he goes, Bobo has a friend. I asked him what Bobo's friend's name was, and he says, oh, his name is Bobo too. We also moved recently, and for the first two weeks, he would say, the Bobos don't know where I live. Now, this week, he stopped mid-play and goes, Do you hear that? I need to get the door. The Bobos are here. He then runs to the door and opens it, then counts to 16 and says, Wow, 16 Bobos. Now, he's making a picture with glitter glue for his... friends. Why? Do they have to have such a creepy name? Back when I was either six or seven years old, I had a nightmare. A nightmare that changed everything. One night I stayed up with my father watching alien movies... Stuff got too real, so I went to sleep. A few hours later, I woke up due to a horrible dream that I had. I called out for help, but no one came. Even the ones that I shared a room with didn't wake up. I gave in and decided to go to my parents' room. I got out of bed, turned on the lights, and then I quickly ran across to my parents' room. Mom? Dad? No response. I got on the bed and tried waking my mom up, and she didn't wake up. I tried my dad, and fortunately he did wake up. We tried to wake my mom, only to find that she had passed out. We called for help and then went to check on my sister and the housekeeper, and they were both unresponsive. Help arrived. The neighbors and the watchmen... Well, later on, my father discovered that the housekeeper had forgotten to remove the charcoal grill, and it had led to the poisoning of the air due to the carbon monoxide. That's why everyone passed out. I'm kind of glad that I stayed up and watched the movies with him, otherwise I would have probably had a peaceful night and woken up to a house full of dead people. I'm new to this sub, but I think that this belongs here. A few nights ago, as I was getting my two-and-a-half-year-old ready for bed, 
she started saying strange things. It started with her talking about her other daddy, or sometimes her old dad. I kind of played along for a minute, but that's when it got creepy. She kept saying that she was a bad baby. We told her, no, you're a good kid. And then she said, no, I'm bad. Bad babies start fires. That was when I stopped playing along, as I actually had a house burned down when I was a teenager. So I don't play when it comes to fire. I was really just wondering if anybody else has had a child say something like this, and what would the proper response be? We just told her that she's not a bad girl and that she's actually a very good girl and very smart, and that fires are dangerous and could hurt people, and also that she only has one dad, and that's me. She hasn't said anything else like this since... Last week, I was sitting in my living room and talking with a friend. After a while, my four-year-old son asks, Hey mommy, who is that guy? And when I look over at him, he's standing at my bedroom door and pointing into my room. No one else was in the house beside my friend, my son, and myself. So... I get up, walk over to him, and turn on the light to my room so we can see. He all of a sudden looks confused and says, Oh wait, where did he go? I assume he thought his dad was home, so I replied, See, baby, there's no one in there. Daddy went to work. I turn off the light and my son says, Wait, see, mommy, who is that guy? while still looking into my dark room. Needless to say, I slept with the lights on all week. My five-year-old daughter was sleep-talking in kind of angry tones. I went to go wake her up a little and get her back to bed more soundly. She was saying, I don't like you. I kind of rubbed her arm and said her name and she sat up. I gave her a drink of water and asked her if she felt better and wanted to go to sleep. She said, super lucidly, Yeah, I just wish that strange baby over there would stop smiling. Then she went back to bed. So, now I'm dealing with that. My five-year-old is in the bath with loads of toys, and I'm sitting in the bathroom scrolling Reddit. Out of nowhere, he says, Mummy, if you died while I was in your tummy, would I live? I said, well, it depends on how I died. And he left it at that and then goes back to playing. And then I hear him say, That's my mom. Well, my other mother. My first mother is dead. I killed her. Want to see the body? 
His voice then got too quiet to hear. Kid, what the hell? That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. Thank you so very much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed these scary stories. If you want to support the channel further, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel. Just search As the Raven Dreams on YouTube and subscribing. You can also join the channel or go to my Patreon for early access to all of my content. All of it's appreciated and never expected. But if it happens, thank you. All that said, friends... I will see you on the next episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. But of course, until then, sleep well.